When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thanks for joining us for our second Tripe Supper of the Week. We're going, we're going mental with it being the end of the season. I'm uh, Dom Sean again, joined by Anthony Vickers and Jonathan Taylor. It's our second of the week and Phil's missed them both. Yeah, well... How dare, he's, how dare he take he time off the hasn't end been of the doing season. He's been sunning himself in Barnard Castle, hasn't he? <laughs> um, we're, looking, we're, looking back, we're looking forward to, to the Liverpool game, with the, with the game being tomorrow, but we're also looking back on the season. And, uh, and the mood music is obviously rather different to what it was when we, when we did our podcast at the end of the season last year. Vic, uh, we'll, we'll look at kind of memorable moments and, and any positives to come from the season, the main negatives, the main issues and whatnot. If you'll take anything from this year, either positive or negative, what, what would it be? Uh, I mean, overall, I think maybe we've had a very sobering experience and we found out exactly how hard it, it is to flourish in the Premier League. I think maybe we all thought it was going to be a lot easier than that. Uh, we thought the players were mainly good enough to step up and maybe we oversold ourselves on that. And we thought that we probably had enough to survive and some people thought we could even be comfortably mid-table. We knew, always knew it was going to be a challenge but I think on an individual level and as a team we've fallen short on so many of the measures, uh, pace, athleticism, nous, game management, uh, and I think we found the harsh reality is that it is a big step up. I don't know we all told ourselves that, but at the same time I think maybe we conned ourselves into thinking that it was going to be a fairly comfortable experience. Actually, it's been quite a bruising experience. And the important thing is that we learn the lessons from that. So hopefully in a, in a year's time when we're sitting, sitting down and talking about how we're going to be in the Premier League next year, we'll all know exactly what the landscape is. Do you know what Vic talked about there, about kind of conning ourselves into thinking that maybe the gulf wasn't as, as big as it, as it proved to be? Not only last season may that have been the case, obviously winning promotion, but I guess the start of this year as well, when Borough kind of acclimatised rather well, didn't they? Yeah. And then obviously we know that, that things that things went went wrong from Christmas onwards. Does telltale signs before then, though? Do you think? Um, yeah, I would say so. I think that it, I think well, look, at the start of the season we were all sat round and we kind of thought the, the bottom half of that Premier League's dross, basically, didn't we? We thought oh, Borough should easily be able to kind of you know cement themselves into that as a 14th or 15th but it has been surprising how difficult it's been and and teams that perhaps I would have looked at otherwise like Watford who who kind of pull out pull a result out of nowhere and you kind of think oh well it's only a matter of time before they go down I've kind of started to look at them with a little bit more respect than perhaps I used to, you know did in the championship because they then they they went to the Emirates and won didn't they and, and look Borough went to the Emirates and should have won but it's that kind of fine line isn't it and that kind of bottom half of the Premier League I look on it in a slightly different light now having been here for a year 
Um, I mean, the telltale sign that two results happened within kind of days of each other, really. Um, Burnley away, where it was a kind of a nothing real, nothing game, nil nil all day long, and you'd have to say that nil nil would have been a decent enough point just to keep the keep the tally ticking over. To lose those games, to lose one nil. I remember me and Vic, uh, we, we had a quite a heated car discussion on the way back from Turf Moor, and, and Vic and I kind of said, "Well, grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter." But you were, you said. Borough can't afford to lose these kind of games and I suppose in hindsight I mean you were probably right and then the home game with Leicester obviously it came on the 2nd of January a performance that Borough were the better team and should have won and we all came away thinking well a draw against the Premier League champions not too bad in hindsight that looks a bad result now and it's yeah. it, Southampton away as well because, <coughs> yeah. because I know Southampton are 8th, ninth. They were, they were really poor, I thought, St Mary's. At half-time, the game was there for the taking. You wanted Borough to kick yeah. on because and, and, they, they had it in the grasp and, mm. and they did nothing, did they, in the second half? I think in terms of when the reality kicked in, I think it was probably September. In, in August, you know, we, the opening against Stoke, we all came away thinking you know, we, we should have won that. And then in reality, Stoke have actually been a, the benchmark of the archetypal mm. mid-table, hard-to-beat sides. And, and you know we came away thinking oh, we should have won that. Went to Sunderland, two very well worked goals. It wasn't a great match, but you know it was a derby match, unbeaten start. Uh, West Brom, again they turned out to be quite a good side, and the point there is probably probably creditable in the end. But possibly. we came away thinking oh you know Borough we, we're better than that. We should have won that. So after that the first few games, I, I think maybe we thought we were if not established, we had we had the armory to to be established. And then in September, we got ripped apart three games in a row by teams that showed absolutely blistering pace. Uh, Palace, Everton and Spurs, you know, and every time it was the same problem. You know, we, saw, we saw George Friend floundering as people shot past him. And the amount of pace, I mean, the way, the way Spurs ripped Borough apart in that first half. And it could have easily been five or six and we would have had no complaints. And I think that was when the time that was the time when I, I realised the the sheer physicality and athleticism that we were going to be up against week in week out, mm. and it was terrifying. It was interesting that the George Friend interview um, with Sky over the week last weekend, and that was quite telling on a couple of parts. Firstly, a, a player who has he's been in the Championship for a long time to say the gap between the Premier League and the Championship he didn't expect it to be as big as it was and that's quite telling I think because I think we were all in that basket where we kind of thought you know, top end of the Championship and bottom end of the Premier League there can't be that much difference look at, look at teams like Bournemouth have acclimatised and for him to say that the gap is massive was quite telling and also back to the previous point where Judy, Friend also said that kind of the thing Borough need to take out of this is that certain games where they'd otherwise think well this isn't a bad point in the championship for example this isn't a bad point in the Premier League you can't really afford to think that's not a bad point you have to go and win the games because it doesn't matter this season's proved Borough have drawn too many games too many games that they should have won and if they took a gamble like you know how many, how many times have, have Swansea and Watford lost games I'd like to think they've lost probably as many as Borough this season but what they've done is they've got the wins not draws yeah. and that's the, the big difference that, that game management then and that know-how you were talking about does, does that only come with experience? it comes with experience I think it also comes with having other experienced players around you uh, you know, obviously you can only, you, as an individual you can only learn through your own experience but if you've got a bloke next to you talking to you saying watch this watch this he's going to do that do this now uh, and that's probably where you know, there's been a lot of talk about the recruitment, and probably 
in the summer, Borough should have brought in three people who had Premier League experience, not potential, but genuine 300 games under their belt experience, you know, one in each department, and I think that would have made a massive difference to the team. Because we've seen the number of times when Borough were on top for long spells, couldn't quite close a game out, and the other team looked like they were on the ropes, but somehow stayed in it, yeah. and then punished Borough in the last 10 or 15 minutes. I know it's the easy comparison to make, John, but Borough will look at Burnley and think they've, they've came back up with, with what is very, uh, you know, a little changed squad, mm. really. The personnel is very, very much alike to what it was when Burnley went down a couple of years ago. Obviously, the, the slight changes there. So you, you don't go down one season and, and immediately think, well, that's because the players aren't good enough. Will, will they take heart and think these players with a bit more experience, maybe with a, a, not being quite as naive, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, still able to bounce back and to play in the Premier League. Definitely, I think Burnley. I mean, uh, let's not scoff at it. Burnley are the exactly the kind of team that Borough need to kind of replicate. Um, and it's quite interesting. I remember speaking to a chap that covers Burnley, and he said the first season that they were there, i.e., the equivalent of what Borough have just had now. Um, Sean Dyche was a little bit guilty, really, of trying to be a bit too clever and, and rotating his systems and trying to work out draws, very similar to what Borough have been doing this this season, really. What he's done this season is very telling. Sean Dyche said, we're going to lose games and we're going to get hidings at certain places. But what we'll do is I'll target these games that we have to win and I don't care who we're playing, we're going to play two up front and we're going to attack. And yes, we might get picked out the other end, but we're going to attack. I suppose if Borough had their time again, they would probably look at games like a Leicester at home or a, you know West Brom at home and think, I'm going to give this more of a go. And it's that saying, isn't it? More of a go. In terms of the championship, yeah, I mean, it, look, the stats don't make great reading, do they? There's only two teams out the last, is it, is it 18? Two teams out the last 18 that have gone down have come back automatically. Burnley being one, Newcastle being the other. But I think both of those are relatively recently. I think that's what Borough can take heart of. Yeah. Both have come in the last four I years. Is the gap bigger now then than it was, do you think? Because I mean, I watched the, uh, I've watched all of the championship playoff games and, and I've been surprised by how poor they were. But, but both, I know the tight, I know the cagey affairs, and I know teams don't want to give anything away, especially in the championship playoffs. But I've been surprised by the standard there. And, 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 I, and, I'm, and I'm sat there thinking, watching it, thinking, is this what it was when we were there or, mm. or is that gap getting bigger? Uh, I think the gap's massive if you've been in the, in the championship a long time because by definition you don't have any Premier League players uh, you might be lucky to have one or two that have dropped down a division but generally you know, you, you make your teams out of people from lower down the food chain because that's the nature of the economy of that division uh, it, it is a huge gap I think what we can learn from Burnley and Newcastle to some extent is that you have to try and keep some of those players that have had that experience at the minute people are very angry and saying this team's rubbish and it needs ripping apart and there's a, there's a lot of talk about you know, overall radical surgery I think you've got to be very wary of not throwing the baby out with the bathwater and you've got eight players there that have, have now experienced the Premier League and they know what it takes but also they've experienced a, a championship promotion and I think it's important to keep as many of those people together uh, and build around it and strengthen it obviously but but keep that experience. Otherwise, next time when you go up, you're in exactly the same situation. I think that's a fair point. And, and back to your comment about the, the, the gap, Tom. I, mean, I, was, I went down to Brighton um, earlier in the season and watched Brighton versus Aston Villa. 
and that alarmed me when I was watching that. And this was only this was December time, I think. So it was, it was relatively recently after Borough had been in the championship. I noticed that there was a, a difference, and I thought that that Brighton team. I came away thinking they are nowhere near as good as they were last year. And yet, look at the table, and it's it's interesting because you look next year and. You wouldn't imagine that Borough would fear anyone in the Championship. I don't see someone running away with it. But I think this year has been a, a particularly poor Championship because if you look at Brighton and Newcastle, they both probably lost, I think, 10 games, which are, I, I might be wrong, but I thought that that's kind of unthinkable, certainly the season before when you had the three teams going for... But then the points tally is still <clears> significant <throat> yeah. of all, isn't it? And, and, and you know, teams like... Leeds United are missing out and, and, and I, I hear Gary Monk saying well if we'd have won one more game we'd have made I don't know seven of the last eight that's, that's not that's not um, bang on but he, he was saying that going into the last game so it's not as though the, the standard in terms of the points tally this year yeah. has been it's, it's interesting the, the perception isn't it the perception is that Newcastle and Brighton have smashed that division and run away with it well actually you know, Brighton only got four more points this year than Borough did last year when, when the consensus was they only just limped over the line in Borough's season, there was three teams neck and neck, which I suppose is quite unusual. You usually get at least one that's that breaks clear, and this year it's been two. Uh, I think the experience of the last two years, the club have to really take that on board. We've got to learn those lessons, and next year make sure that we don't mess it up. I guess that experience is, is one positive to take into next season. What, what, else, what else do you do you leave the Premier League? Obviously, Ben Gibson, Ben Gibson's form and, and the way he stepped up to the Premier League is a standout. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ben Gibson, it's funny, um, last summer we, we looked at the Borough centre-back options and all of us, I think, around the table said Daniel Ayala will be the one that will step up into the Premier League like, and take like a duck to water and Ben Gibson might be the one that initially struggles. It's been you know, completely the opposite, hasn't it? And it's been fantastic to watch Ben Gibson. I'm pleased that he's got the plaudits he has. You know, he, every time you speak to him, he's as level-headed as the come, and he's wise beyond his years. And this will do him the world of good, wouldn't it? And it's an, you know, people. Uh, you talk about the Rockcliffe Academy. You know, the picture of Ben Gibson will be on the wall, and, and those youngsters will look at Ben Gibson and what he's achieved this season in a, a difficult season as well. Um, he's been an inspiration, I think, and he will. You know, whatever happens, you know, Borough going down. Ben Gibson has been a real shining light. Whether he's at Borough next season, season or not, he, he's certainly you know something we can take from the season. Um, but now, I guess we have to find the next Ben Gibson, and, and those people coming up will have to look to him now. It'll be discussed at length in the weeks to come. But just briefly, Vic, how difficult is a position Gibson finds himself in now? Because the, the bids and the, and the interest will inevitably follow in the weeks to come. Uh, it depends on what advice he's getting and who he's listening to, really. Uh, the important thing, the, the key ingredient, could be that you know Gareth Southgate was up here last week t- to watch him, and what he said to Ben Gibson could have a massive bearing on what happens. If Gareth has said to be in the England squad, you really need to be playing in the Premier League, that will put a very different complexion on it. If he said you're not in the immediate plans, but I'm keeping an eye on you, keep, you de- keep developing because you're a future England player, that might make things different because at the end of the day, he may be better off playing every week as the main man and taking responsibility in a Middlesbrough defence built around him than playing one game in four for Chelsea or one game in two at West Brom. Uh, it, it, it's continuity and continue to, de- to develop and 
And what he'll have at Middlesbrough that perhaps he won't have everywhere else is the responsibility. Mm. He'll be expected to, to be a leader here. Uh, if he went to Chelsea, he'd probably be, you know, be the, the fourth choice and also the, the office junior. Yeah, I think no one would begrudge Ben Gibson a move if, if indeed that came along. That's the first thing. But certainly, I mean, what what chance does Ben Gibson have to make that the the World Cup squad as things stand? Would you say? Because if you're putting the names down in a fully fit squad, I mean, Gary Cahill will be there, John Stones will be there, Chris Smalling will be there. You'd probably imagine Phil Jones or Michael Keane will be there. Now, there's four centre backs, potentially five, who are. Who are you'd say probably just ahead of Ben Gibson in the pecking order? So it might be that Gareth has said, uh, Ben, that you know potentially this this next World Cup might be uh, too soon for you. But Gary Cahill will retire after the next tournament, won't he? So I don't think it's now or never for Ben Gibson to get that move. But equally, how difficult how difficult would it be for him to to turn down a move to a Chelsea? Bearing in mind if if you look at a Gary Cahill and what he has achieved, at, you know who was in a reasonably similar situation to Ben, uh, to ben wasn't he, when he when Bolton. Um, and he moved to Chelsea and took a gamble, and look yeah. at what's happened to Gary Cahill. So the, the noises within the club are that they will try and keep him, which is good. They're under no pressure to sell. We know, we know that they're in a financially fairly healthy position. And the other thing is, I, I, do, think, I, I do think that Ben Gibson, as a morality thing around the club, it's his club. And I think he might feel partially responsible for the relegation and want to put it right. So if those things are, in, you know, a part of his makeup, then that's that's got to be good for Borough and slightly swing the but the 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 argument in favour of him maybe staying, which would be great because he's got the experience now and he and he's a he's a bloody good player and he's he's proved that this year. Mm. And if we could keep him, that would make a massive difference, not just to the strength of the squad, but also I think. To the mentality, it would show that Borough were, were an ambitious club and they were holding it together. And I, I think also it would be a big boost for the fans. Will Borough have to fight off interest for any other players? <clears throat> uh, yeah, there'll be interest for some of them, won't there? Ima- I mean, look, you'd imagine Victor Valdez will have offers. Uh, you know, I don't imagine the club will stand in his way. Uh, equally, Gaston Ramirez. I mean, if he gets a move from, you'd imagine abroad. I don't think I think the club would, would drive him to the airport quite happily. Um, Martin Darun is going to be an interesting one because he's a player who I think in the last six to eight games has kicked on and started to show signs that he's a top flight player um, hasn't done it for too much of the season in my opinion especially for his price tag but there is a player there and, and we see that it can take a long time to settle in so Martin Darun's an interesting one because he would you'd think be head and shoulders above most centre midfields in the championship next year but equally if you get your money back offered right now that's going to be a difficult one, especially if he's got genuine aspirations to make Holland's World Cup squad. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't have the loyalty issues. That yeah, Gibson exactly. Had. Well, I think there's more chance of Martin Darun leaving Borough than there is Ben Gibson. Um, that's what I think. Other than that, I don't imagine there'll be loads of, of interest. And that's got to be a positive, isn't it, really? Um, but, yeah, no, I don't imagine. I mean, I don't have a try possibly. But... Um, I think Borough hold all the keys really don't they and they only probably well they don't have to sell anyone but if they sell one then that's pretty much that's their transfer kitty for next season anyway isn't it it's a, it's a subject I'm sure we can discuss at length in the weeks ahead Vic but, but just briefly how different or how similar is the squad now not, not in terms of personnel but in terms of um, offers that might come in the makeup of the squad going into the first championship season how different or similar is it now to, to the 2019 that got relegated I think it's a lot stronger now 
and the 2019 was the culmination of maybe two years of stagnation and slowly becoming a soft-centred outfit. Uh, the, the, there was a laudable intention there from, from Gareth Southgate to make uh, his team a, a footballing team, like Arsenal light, we used to call it. Uh, but it was fragile and soft-centred when it was under pressure. And uh, when it went down, it, could, you know, it, it broke up. And the two or three good players were sold almost immediately under pressure from the banks. But this team has, has grown together and, and been through the experience of promotion. Uh, it's not soft. This team's not soft. Uh, one or two games aside, this season, Borough have not been given a right battering and they haven't imploded. And they haven't gone into games where you thought, well, this is just going to be a walkover. They have fought and they have stayed in games. So I think they've showed they have character and personality and spirit and passion and all those things. And although it has been degraded by results and uh, you've become demoralised by relegation and resigned to it over the last couple of weeks, I think they've shown in abundance that they do have the qualities there which can be put into a framework and be something solid. And you never felt that with the relegation side. You, you always felt, even after the summer spending when they rebuilt, you still felt it was fragile. And as soon as they took Robert Huth out of the defence, it started to wobble. And without Stuart Downing's <coughs> assists, they had very little up front. And as soon as Tunkai left, the creativity had gone. And suddenly you were left with a very shallow and brittle-looking squad. Very reliant on Adam Johnson, weren't they? Yeah, and, and we, we saw that season, you know, very very early in the season, they got battered 5-0 by West Brom, who were the side that had come down with them, but had come down as the team that were bottom. And that West Brom side looked so far ahead of Borough after only, I think it was six weeks or eight weeks of the season. And that showed that that Borough side had gone backwards dramatically because I don't think the basic ingredients were there mentally, uh, in, rather than technically they were all good players, but I don't think mentally and in terms of passion and, and the, the, the mix that you need, I, I, that team was never right, I don't think. I know it's difficult with the position of the transfer window, but I think the thing you can take from that season is whether it's ins or out, get your transfer business sorted early because... I remember going to Scunthorpe, I think it was, when Tunshire was on the bench and Hooth was at centre-half and, and Borough looked head and shoulders. I know Scunthorpe were a bottom-half team then, but Borough really did look head and shoulders above. But then they didn't get a chance, did they, to replace those key players who went. Yeah. So they started the season also all, yeah. almost with a false vision of what was to come and, yeah. and then ultimately paid the price. Mm. Uh, Liverpool, John, just finishing up, Vic talked about there, about kind of staying in games and being hard to beat for long stages of the season. Um, we know what's at stake for Liverpool and, and what isn't at stake for Borough. What are you expecting tomorrow? Uh, well, look, it's going to be a really difficult afternoon, isn't it? Um, I don't. I mean, in terms of what I want to see, it's interesting the point Vic made about that mental kind of toughness and that Borough aren't soft. It's going to be it's going to be interesting next season because Borough have found themselves behind in a lot of games this season, um, and that kind of mental shift of how do they respond to going behind is going to ultimately decide how Borough are going to do next season because as soon as that first goal in goes in a few times this season I've seen Borough's kind of the heads go down a little bit and that's you feel that that's that and if anything I mean in an ideal world look 
Borough will go and win at Liverpool. But even if they concede that first goal, I still want to see a fight. I don't want to see them kind of just go down and accept that 1-0 it's, it's, it's gone because Borough will need to relearn how to claw the way back into games next season. It's something we haven't seen much from Borough this season of being able to get back on terms. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that menta- it's that mental toughness. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because we didn't see much mental toughness against Southampton. It's been a draining season. But that's the main thing I want to see is even if they go behind at Anfield, they have to kind of be strong in, in themselves and believe that they can actually get back into a game because that, that's what next season is going to hinge on. I really, really, really <coughs> want Borough to beat Liverpool just so that when the story of the season is written... <coughs> we get a mention mm. because up to now Borough have had virtually zero influence on this season we haven't been a story there's been no highs there's been no lows it's just flat lines somewhere along just above the relegation zone and then tailed off if we could do that if we could dent the, dent the Scouse's European dream that would be a fantastic footnote if we're watching Premier League years in a few years' time, what, what incidents during the season would pop up on Premier League years? Well, I remember I always watch back now, and, and obviously the, the, the UEFA Cup year, and they don't even mention it in that in mm. that Premier League years. The UEFA Cup. It wasn't a great season in the league. No, no, exactly. But you'd at least think they'd get a mention. You'd think they'd, pro- they'd probably be on for the win against Sunderland in August, wouldn't you? And then other than that, what the last minute against Man City in, on on Bonfire night? that Bournemouth defeat might well be included yeah, as well. We'll maybe. leave it there. Thanks a lot, fellas.